Thank you everyone for joining us. I'm Marina Hatsopoulos from the Hellenic Innovation Network. The Hellenic Innovation Network with the support of the Greek Consulate of Boston and MIT Enterprise Forum Greece was created to build a bridge to the US for Greek technology startups through pitching and networking events. I invite you to register at hellenic.org and you can learn more about our upcoming events such as the October event on innovation in agriculture. As an entrepreneur, you're always driving towards something. It could be customers, it could be growth and revenues, it can be profitability, but overriding all of these drives is a push to exit. And just two weeks ago, we saw the biggest exit in Greece. Uh, InstaShop was acquired by Delivery Hero for $360 million. Exit creates a virtuous cycle where exited entrepreneurs create new startups and invest in other startups. Greece is still in the earliest stages of entrepreneurship, but it's starting to happen, and we're going to hear more about the journey from these entrepreneurs who are speaking to us today. I invite you to send in your questions during the event, and I'd like to introduce to you now Stratos Eftimiu, the Consul General of Greece in Boston, without whose wonderful support uh, none of this would be possible. Thank you, Stratos. Thank you, Marina. I'm always uh, glad to be here from the Consulate General of Greece in Boston to support our networking efforts. I'd like to extend a warm welcome to Mirto, Emilios, Kono, Cosmas, and uh, George, and praise each one of them for their exciting uh, success stories in the demanding tech industry. We have here uh, four bright examples of tech innovation in the fields of synthetic uh, speech technology, optimization of mobile ad revenue, high performance, low power graphics IP, innovation in robotics. I'm personally thrilled to hear what were your strategic choices about how to win and where to play. How can Greek startups find their position in the international value chain? Last but not least, is exit an end itself? Was there a different alternative from exit during this journey? We have a lot to learn from your successful stories, which show that Greek startups can be globally competitive, finding their position in the international value chain. Vasily, the floor is yours. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you, Strata. Thank you, Marina. And thank all of our um, friends that they joined for this very interesting um, webinar today to learn more about our journey uh, to the, uh, from, from a small Greek startup to an international exit. Something that a few years ago may have sounded like a joke, but it's not anymore. So um, it is a great pleasure to be with you today. Just a quick note about MIT Enterprise Forum. Uh, we have just finished a very interesting uh, year with, uh, with our finals uh, last June. You can check our new website to see the, the winners. And we're gearing up for a very interesting year with a new competition. So if you want to apply uh, as a startup or you want to join as a uh, a mentor or a judge for the coming uh, edition, please uh, go online and, and check what we are doing. Uh, before handing it over, I'd like to welcome uh, uh, Mirta Babathanu, who is uh, going to moderate um, uh, our discussion today. Mirta is a founding partner of Metalpalon VC, um, and she has a, a, a very uh, long experience in the fields of finance and entrepreneurship, both in Greece and abroad. She sits on the board of several of the startups that they have invested in and a few uh, other uh, non-profits. 
So without further ado, I would like to hand it over to Mito so she can lead to a very interesting discussion. Thank you. Great, thank you very much, Vasily, Marina, and Stratos uh, for the introduction, also for organizing the session. I think it's extremely interesting uh, to have these speakers on board. I'm very looking forward to moderating the discussion. Uh, what I would like to do today is, is uh, have uh, all the speakers introduce themselves. So I will give the floor to them for a minute or so to just say who they are and, and what their company is working on. Um, then I will proceed with the Q&A and I would encourage everyone in the audience as well to please use the Q&A button on the bottom of, the, of your screen to address any questions and I'll try to uh, address them to, to, the, to the speakers at the end uh, of the session. Um, and uh, yeah, I will also leave some time to, to, to discuss additional issues that may come about. Stratos uh, mentioned a few things, for example, uh, the exit being the end or the beginning of a journey, which I also think is very interesting. Uh, so without further ado, I will ask Kono to introduce himself. You're on mute, Kono. Right, that's better now. Thanks, thanks, Mirto. Thanks for um, uh, for introducing us as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm very excited to be on this call. Uh, thanks for the invitation, MIT Enterprise Forum and the Hellenic uh, Network. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm Kono. I'm one of the uh, four co-founders of uh, Avocarot. Um, Avocarot is um, a native advertising platform. We started the company along with three other friends back in 2013. And in 2016, the company was acquired by Glispa Global Group. And since then, we joined the company. Uh, it's been three months now that uh, myself and the other three co-founders, we, we left the company. Uh, we're taking a, a break, a detox break, no screens break. This is just a, an exception that we're uh, making now, but I'm, I'm super happy uh, that I'm on this call. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Uh, now, in a couple months time, uh, we'll regroup again and see what's the next big or small thing that we're going to be starting again. Great. Great to hear and, and some news uh, about the next thing coming up, I guess. Uh, Emilia, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for the invitation and uh, for the introduction as well. Uh, and for the effort that uh, this forum is doing, it's, it's, it's a great uh, opportunity to show to people all this great stuff. Uh, I'm Emilio Salamandaris. Uh, together uh, with three uh, co-founders, we had founded uh, InnoEthics in 2007. Uh, officially 2006, but 2007 was uh, the first year of the company. Um, it was a spin-off company from uh, a research center, from uh, the research center Athena and the Institute of uh, Speech and Language Technology. And uh, since uh, 2017, uh, we were acquired by Samsung Group, Samsung Electronics. And since then, uh, now we are a part of uh, Samsung. We, uh, we are the R&D division of uh, Samsung in Greece. And since then, uh, we are the group that actually uh, powers the text-to-speech technology for the entire group and uh, the ecosystem of devices and services uh, for Samsung. Great. Uh, and last but not least, uh, George, would you like to introduce yourself? 
Thank you, Milton. Uh, I hope we are going to have a, an interesting call here, and I'm very glad to be here with you. Um, I'm Georgos Sidiropoulos. I started my career back in 2002, working as a, an IC engineer for Atmel in uh, Patras, Greece. And we were designing uh, Wi-Fi chipsets for Atmel. And then back in 2007, with pure engineering background, we started Think Silicon along with uh, Jakob Stamboul is my, my partner. Uh, we are developing very low power graphics processors, mainly for wearables and smart IoT devices. Uh, we spent a lot of years developing the technology, trying to build a customer base. And just last uh, April, we've been acquired by Applied Materials. And now we start to, to realize how is to be part of a big corporation. Great. Uh, I will follow up on that in just a minute. Just to tell the audience that Cosmas Pabuzidis will also be joining us in a little bit. He's running uh, somewhat late, but he will be with us shortly. Uh, so, so, George, I will start with, with what you um, just mentioned about uh, your, your recent exit because you, your company is the one that, uh, that got acquired last from, from the three founders we have here. So, so, what are you working on right now and how uh, is your reality different to what you were doing working at the beginning of your journey for Greece? We continue working on the same uh, products and technologies, trying to get more customers, uh, increase our customer base and the revenues. Uh, so we're doing practically what we were doing before the acquisition, uh, obviously with uh, a bigger budget. So we have the opportunity to grow the business and the team faster. Uh, but we have uh, a huge overhead of uh, which comes with the integration to the big corporation. So practically, we are working two shifts: one the Greek shift and then one the US shift, because we start all the calls at five uh, five p.m. Greek time when California wakes up. Okay, that sounds challenging. But I understand you're also growing the team at the moment in both Patras and Athens, right? That's correct. We have a very ambitious plan to grow the team. Uh, in order to support the customers uh, and the new products. That sounds great. Um, uh, over to over to you, Kono, uh, if if I may. So so, what made you start your own business to begin with, and uh, what were your first steps in entrepreneurship, and also what challenges and, and what hurdles you had to overcome to get to a point where the company was growing and it seemed to be attracting interest. Yeah, sure. So, okay, long question. I'll try to uh, reply to everything. Uh, first of all, uh, why why did we start? So, I've I've always been uh, you know wanting to start something with the other three guys. Uh, I know them since uh, the back in the military when we were 18 years old. We've spent 25 months together. Then we jumped to the same university together. We're doing a lot of projects. Uh, we're joining a lot of hackathons for free beer and pizzas. And one of them, we, we developed an app just for fun. Uh, we, got, um, we got an award in a hackathon and we thought, okay, how do we make money from this app right now? So what we did is that we try uh, several advertising solutions that existed back then. Uh, nothing really worked uh, back in the time. So we thought, okay, why don't we develop something just you know, to, to, to make it a little bit better, not as a platform, but just as a tool for us to make more money from advertising. 
after a few iterations, it worked. Uh, we gave it to a few other developers. They also saw a lot of value. So we thought, okay, let's ditch the app development side of things and let's develop this as a platform for other app developers to make money from less intrusive forms of advertising. Uh, and that's how we started really. Um, then we went through the uh, conventional path of startups, raising money, uh, moving to San Francisco, etc., etc. Um, and Greece came to, to the plan actually uh, a bit afterwards. So we, we started this in London, then moved to San Francisco to get money. There's also some uh, cool stories there. If we have time, I can share uh, more details about that as well. Uh, and then we, we came to Athens just because we found the first hire here uh, and probably was the best decision ever. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good things um, to build a company and a team here. There's, uh, there's a lot of benefits and yeah, I, I'm, I'm super happy that we've made that move. Right. And, and, and I guess it's interesting you mentioned that because the, that's one of the amazing benefits that the, I personally find and, and a lot of the entrepreneurs echo that of Greece is like the amazing technical talent that there is a very strong product side and increasingly becoming stronger on the business acumen and, and marketing side. And maybe Emilius can comment on that. Um, how, how uh, has he found recruiting people? Yours as well, Emilia was a company that started back in 2007, as you mentioned. So already a long cycle to maturity, of course, very IP heavy, R&D heavy, big tech. Uh, how have you found it finding talent and nurturing talent and recruiting talent in Greece? So, uh, yeah, uh, now, the, I mean, since the acquisition, uh, you know, ethics uh, character has changed. So we have uh, uh, left uh, the market. We do not sell any products. And the main, let's say, client of, our, of ours is uh, uh, Samsung Electronic Group. Uh, so uh, our main hires now are engineers and uh, scientists, data scientists, and uh, ML scientists. So uh, at the beginning, we started looking into senior people, uh, but uh, we found out that uh, there is no, let's say, big relationship between senior machine learning people and speech processing people. Uh, so, and, and we saw that if you're an engineer and you are good at one thing, uh, you most probably are going to become good in a different thing. So we decided to start from more junior people. And so what we're looking at now is that uh, we are uh, starting internships with, uh, let's say, people from uh, the university or people who have uh, just graduated from uh, the university. And then uh, through these internships, we just uh, try to find out whether they match uh, the team uh, whether they match the targets of uh, of the team, and if they do, we just try to keep them and give them more incentives to stay on and uh, become, you know, as uh, full-time uh, employees. So, uh, I mean, from our side, since we are looking into deep tech engineers and scientists, we try to nurture them, to take them from juniors and uh, build them as good engineers together within our team. And maybe it's a question both to you, Emilia and George, if you want to comment. How are you finding people? I mean, there over the years of the crisis, of course, there was uh, a big brain drain. There were a lot of people leaving the country, especially 
on the engineering side and highly specialized jobs and everything that had to do with uh, software technology innovation uh, was kind of gone. How are you finding, are you finding the trend reversing? Are you finding people are staying? Um, how, is, how, is the, how are you viewing the country in terms of talent at the moment? Uh, maybe Emilia, you can start off and, and George can, can answer too. Sure. Uh, from our side, we, start, we started uh, initially with a specific, let's say, uh, not exhibitions, but conferences that uh, we tried to, to find a pool of uh, young people who, who have, let's say, the interest to start something like this to work as an intern to uh, a good company like ours. So for example, uh, we started with a TEDx uh, at the university, the Technical University of Athens. Uh, conferences like this, we started to, let's say, advertise our company, advertise the internships. And uh, of course, uh, after we found a few good, uh, let's say, interns, then there is always the, the word of mouth. So people who want to work to a good environment and people who want to work in this kind of, uh, let's say, endeavors, they, uh, you know, they, they communicate with each other. So this word of mouth works uh, really well in this kind of, let's say, community. George? I think we have two parts here. Uh, there is a critical mass of very good engineers in Greece. Uh, both junior engineers that are coming out of the universities, but also engineers that are working in other high-tech companies. Uh, so it's not that easy, uh, but you can find very good engineers. And I think now also we are facing the, the positive side of the brain drain, because we have a lot of uh, engineers that left the company, worked for big corporations in Europe and the US, and now they want to come back. And they are coming back with a much deeper expertise and knowledge in what they are doing because they are coming back from big corporations like Intel or other, more other companies, uh, bringing know-how and other things that we, they couldn't have built all these years staying in Greece. So I think there is a, we can have a very good combination of young engineers out of the universities and highly experienced uh, Greek engineers coming back from uh, from abroad. Yeah, I think it's it's a very important point, and uh, I think Marina mentioned at the introduction as well that uh, in order for people to come back, you have to create the circumstances, and and the circumstances, especially this year, seems to be that uh, you know there are companies exiting, there are multinationals coming in the country, so the opportunities are there for people with experience uh, to come back. So. Maybe that's also a question for, for you, Kono. Like, have you seen, um, when, you, when you started working at a multinational level, did you see the, the Greek element of your side? You mentioned it was a great choice, but did the, your clients and eventually the multinational that, acquire, that acquired you, that approach for acquisition, did they view it as an asset, uh, as a liability or, or kind of neutrally? Yeah, good question. So basically at the beginning, uh, yeah. Actually, it was the first time they invested in Greece. So we had to create a business plan to kind of convince them that this was a right move and a sane move to do. Back in 2016, uh, there was a weird brand in Greece, both in terms of crisis, in terms of a lot of stuff uh, back then. Uh, so yeah, that was a, a, bit of a, a bit of a challenge because at the beginning, 
the company wanted to move us either to Berlin, London, or Israel, where they had other uh, offices nearby. Uh, so we won that argument and won that thing uh, just because we, we showed them a way that not only uh, Greek talent has nothing to be jealous about comparing to Silicon Valley, New York or Tel Aviv in terms of talent, but also, uh, okay, it's a lower cost to acquire, but something that, that not a lot of people discuss uh, about is uh, that people here in Greece are very loyal to their companies. So as I'm sure many people in this call know, usually, especially in the US, people tend to change, jump, jump from one job to another every 18 to 24 months to capitalize on the experience and other stuff. So this thing in Greece doesn't happen. I'm sure Emilio's has people that you're like 10 years now in the company. I'm sure you have people more than, I don't know, six, seven years, just because they, they love the mission. They, they, they engage with the team, the, the journey. So yeah, that's extremely important, especially if you if you want, then you invest in uh, company stability. You want loyal people. Uh, you have to invest in uh, retention, and this is a very good um, uh, thing that you can find in Greece compared to other countries. And and and, and that's uh, and that paid off. Uh, I mean, the company continued to invest. Uh, we grew from 17 to 40 people. Uh, uh, in a couple of years. Uh, so yeah, that paid off. Great. I think it's a great point on work ethic uh, here in general. You mentioned the, the loyalty of, of, of people and, and they don't have a big propensity to switch companies, which is a huge problem in the US and, and other hubs. Uh, I think the, the kind of feeling of ownership here is also very high. So, so people that are working for companies, especially small ones, have a high degree uh, of ownership. Um, how so, so I guess that's a positive side from, 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 from Greece. Were there hurdles that you had to overcome with the multinationals coming in? As you said, I think for all of them, it was their first investment in Greece. Uh, what, were there hurdles uh, that, you, that you had to overcome in, in both the process and in kind of getting them to say, Kono mentioned, they had to win the argument. Emilia, what was your experience? Um, our experience was uh, quite, you know, like a dream come true, to be honest. And most most probably, it's not. It's it could be, you know, like an exception to the rule. Uh, but um, we had a few hurdles, but uh, not, let's say, between uh, ourselves, you know, and Samsung, or the, uh, in the in the relationship between, you know, the the two parties. Um, there were a few hurdles back uh, then during the acquisition, like uh, so much bureaucracy, uh, which I hope that now has uh, been minimized. Uh, but uh, back then, I remember that uh, it took us something like uh, a few weeks time to finish, uh, you know, some typical, let's say, contracts and uh, things, you know, with the, the notary and uh, so on. Uh, but uh, aside from uh, the bureaucracy I think uh, the rest worked really well and uh, to be honest um, uh, we had also to guide let's say the other party uh, along all these uh, hurdles and uh, together you know with uh, the lawyers our lawyers and Samsung lawyers uh, we had to overcome you know all these uh, kind of things aside from this uh, we didn't have to negotiate a lot you know about whether to stay in Greece or uh, let's say the the next steps, you know, of the acquisition. 
uh, I think we pretty much, you know, like clicked to each other uh, very well. And uh, the, 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 the flow, you know, of the deal with us was quite easy to do it. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, and as we talk about the, the recent acquisitions and exits, I mean, since 2007, we've seen a few companies exiting. Uh, this year alone, the last four months, we've seen four acquisitions. Uh, think Silicon, of course, and Applied Materials, Softomotive and Microsoft, um, InstaShop uh, being acquired by Delivery Hero, and the investment in Scrooge, the, the e-commerce side. Uh, is, there, is there a critical mass of entrepreneurs uh, becoming uh, what's happening now at the country? Is there a virtuous cycle that's being developed? Uh, is that what you're seeing? Uh, maybe it's a question to George. This needs to be proven, Milto. Uh, yes, we have some uh, signs that uh, something is changing, uh, but it's up to us to, to prove that we are going to, to monetize our experience in order to move the whole ecosystem uh, one step forward. How does that practically happen in your opinion? So how you have the acquisitions and, and maybe again, like for, for a lot of companies, this is not the end. It's actually the continuation under a different uh, hat, right? And, and different circumstances. How do you see that coming back to the whole, like sending the elevator down and, and kind of feeding the new startups, the, the new innovations and, and kind of the new entrepreneurs? Are you asking me? Yes, I'm asking. Yeah, I think I'm too young in, <laughs> in the corporate environment to, to go from now on to the next step. Uh, for us, the, the big bet now is how to, to accomplish our, to meet our targets, because we have some very high targets for the next years, both in the business side and in the, the team growing side, uh, which is even a bigger bet compared to the acquisition because it's very good that we managed to, to sell the company. Uh, but at the end of the day, in the long term, what counts is how many engineering positions we can have in Greece uh, from, uh, from big multinational companies. And uh, they will help the ecosystem and the other startups that we or others are going to, to create in the future. So we need a critical mass of big corporations to be based in Greece for several reasons, for business reasons, for talent uh, building reasons. There's a number of uh, reasons that we have. We need the whole ecosystem. So we, we sold the company, but now we have an even bigger bet to, to grow the company to a substantial number during the next uh, three to four years. Yeah. Great, agreed. And there's actually a relevant question from Andreas in the in the audience, which which maybe we can take now, and I'll address it to Emilius. Uh, also welcoming Cosmas on the panel. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, and the question is, Emilia, is like with regards to to kind of remuneration and the cost of engineering and, and salaries. Of course, uh, do the lower salaries probably lower uh, increase hinder the reverse of the brain drain and kind of attracting talented people back? In your experience well um, this is uh, you know the, the the cost of living in Greece and uh, the remuneration levels is uh, is an incentive for both parties let's say the employees and the companies so uh, for example uh, um, 
people uh, would say that uh, you know ethics managed to stay in Athens and uh, you know build an R&D division in Athens and so on. But uh, aside from all the benefits for the team and for Samsung that is building a, a critical mass of engineers and scientists in, in Athens, is also uh, it has to do with the, with the actual cost of the company for 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 all these engineers. So. Uh, for example, engineers like uh, the ones uh, who exist in our team would cost three or four times the amount in the, the Silicon Valley. But then again, uh, these uh, costs would not be that, let's say, beneficial to the people uh, in the Bay Area. So it's, it's still uh, for Greece, you know, this uh, level of, uh, of uh, salaries is let's say, attractive to big companies. But uh, I think still is a big incentive for both parts, you know, both employees and companies to come here and grow, you know, the base. Okay, uh, I think that, that covers a lot, a lot of it. Like, I would like to, to ask Kono, actually, because he's one of the entrepreneurs that is, I guess, just ended the, their path at the corporate side. So you built a company, you sold it, you spent time on the multinational, and then, uh, I'm assuming you're starting again. Can you tell us how uh, how you intend to to be active uh, in Greece? And can you tell us a few things about how you uh, seen the today's ecosystem differ from when you started the company and even when you exited? Yeah, sure. So yeah, there's yeah there's a big difference to be honest. There's more maturity, of course, in uh, the startup ecosystem, ecosystem in terms of understanding uh, and talent uh, and the acumen around it. Um, yeah, now uh, in terms of the, cor uh, the big corporate life, uh, it, at least for us, um, the, the, the tasks were different at the beginning when you do your own thing, you start your own thing and you grow it. It's all about product, tech, hustling, marketing, hiring, growing the team. Uh, whereas at least in our case, in, B, in the, the big corporation, uh, there's other stuff as well. There's, uh, there's hierarchy, there's stuff that matters internally between teams, between different offices, politics management. There's all this other stuff. Uh, okay, it, it, it's a good learning. Uh, over the last four years, we've learned a lot. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I look so much forward to jumping in again uh, uh, to start the next thing. Now, in terms of uh, if I'm doing it in Greece, the answer is a big yes, uh, primarily because uh, of the great team that someone can build here. There's a lot of great people. There's a lot of talent, good talent. And as Emilio says, uh, said it's, it's both low cost, and it's also, it's also a lifestyle arbitrage, I like to call it here. Uh, the, the, the money that someone makes here uh, compared to the cost uh, and the benefits that you get because of the weather, because of the, uh, the, the, the nice stuff that Greece uh, can give you and uh, being in, a, um, in the middle of Europe. Uh, I, th I think there's a lot of good stuff uh, that at least in my mind uh, makes sense. The single most important thing though is the team. I love, uh, I love building the team here and I will do it again uh, anytime. 
Great. Um, I'll jump over to Cosma. Cosma, if you want to quickly introduce yourself, tell us a bit about you as a person, then also your company. I uh, know it's also the kind of high IP deep tech side, so we'd love to hear that and, and then some of your views uh, on how things are, are now uh, in Greece with regards to technology companies. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, I'm a mute, it's good. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm Cosma Pabuxidis. Uh, as you can see, I have a Greek name, but um, actually I was born and raised in Switzerland. Um, I uh, moved to the USA when I was uh, 23 because at the time this was uh, the Silicon Valley and uh, I was going to go make millions. Um, I actually landed in the Silicon Desert in, in Arizona, uh, close enough. Uh, but I did a career mostly in uh, semiconductor, so I was working for Motorola Semiconductor. Um, after a few years, I, I quit because I want, so I could not make it. Uh, into millions by being an employee, so I said, let's, let's start the U.S. branch of a Swiss startup, uh, and I did that for a number of years. It was successful, but again, at the end of the day, uh, the, the Swiss company was not all that strong, so there was a limit to that. So I went back to the semiconductor industry, and uh, in, in around 2002, I started a company called Robotech. Um, Robotech uh, makes um, essentially motor controls for the mobile robot industry. Um, so this was a side project for many years. So if you're asking how do you fund a startup, well, one way is to actually have a job during the day that pays your bills, and another one that uh, basically has a chance to fulfill your dreams. So I would still encourage that as an approach. Um, it's not the fastest track because, of course, you can only do the, the other thing part-time and you can only put so much money into your venture. But at the end of the day, that was a pretty successful uh, enterprise. So in 2005, I, I moved back to, to Europe, uh, to Switzerland. Uh, I actually stayed with a dual job until 2013. So again, a long time to be into this uh, startup phase, but it was pretty successful after that. Uh, it grew and uh, one thing that was interesting in 2015, as I was looking for more help and I said, hey, let's look at, uh, at Greece. Um, so this was my, let's say my, my Greek fiber calling and say, okay, let's find out uh, who can, who, who, what kind of talent we can find. I was fortunate enough to find a, a very good engineer who helped me. Uh, and for a long time was just uh, him and I um, doing the R&D and we had a team doing the, the production in, in America. The, a breakthrough can happen in uh, 2018. And um, that's when I was able to convince my partner that uh, instead of buying or recruiting people in, in America that uh, uh, where I'm, expensive and not always the value for the money to invest in Greece. And by the way, if you remember, that was also the, the time where Tesla had opened an R&D office. So one thing the other, uh, we, we decided to open an office in, in Athens. Um, running the movie fast forward, with fast forward we, we got acquired uh, by a, a big Japanese company called Nidec. So this is uh, not known, but they are very big, $15 billion company, uh, 100,000 people, uh, multinational, and they make electric motors. So uh, anyway, it was a very successful uh, sale, not, not just for me, because uh, again, I, I did okay, obviously, but um, I was really looking, looking for um, a buyer that would buy 
into the idea of investing in Greece. And uh, Greece uh, turned out to be a, a major element into the, the sales pitch, the reason why they bought into the, the, the company. Um, and uh, when they bought it, they also immediately turned on the, the money uh, faucet. And uh, we went from essentially four people to 15 today. And the reason we're not more is because we had the coronavirus that kind of put a, a break into the, the growth. But um, anyway, so this was a very happy marriage. And uh, I would say that uh, is the, the buyer, uh, this Japanese company is ex extremely happy with the with the purchase and uh, what we're able to be to bring with that uh, Greece office. Uh, essentially, what we found is uh, things that we know, but they did not know because obviously Greece is not. Well, I should say obviously, but yeah, I would say obviously it's not the automatic place that you would think as a place to put uh, investment for for high tech. Again, wrong perception, but this may this was the case. What we found is that there we extremely talented people. Um, as we know, there's a lot of emphasis put in education, both by the state and the parents that often bleed themselves to send their kids to school. And and the result is that we have had just a ter terrific talent pool to pick a, a fantastic talent for. So we're able to grow the team, not only fast, because anybody can grow fast, but fast with quality. Um, okay. Go ahead. No, I think it's 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 an amazing set intact with 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 the you know like the speed and also kind of like the value for money engineering that you're getting so very very talented people growing right. there. And, and I guess it also leads me to the next question, which is uh, for all of you uh, doing high tech uh, companies, which is is there an opportunity for Greece in addition to the specific cases to develop as, as a hub for, for sectors. So for example, Emilio's with text-to-speech or the semiconductors with both Cosma and George are active on. And, and, and what are the missing ingredients? And maybe I'll address the question to George because I haven't spoken in a while. So uh, what is missing for, for Greece to become, let's say, a hub in specific sectors? And is the semis that you're active in one of them? Yes, I can speak only for my sector. Um, we're missing uh, successes, so we're missing some some exits. That and I see a lot of questions uh, from the from, from the audience about if the exit uh, is the end or there is another opportunity or another alternative. I think in order, the, the main question there was if we can keep the company in Greece and grow the company and make an IPO, do other things. We need to build a lot of things in order to, to, to reach this level. So we need to have more exits. We need to have more multinational companies based in Greece. We need to increase the critical mass of the engineering uh, team here in Greece. Um, and then we can talk about different things. So currently in Greece, we are something like, I don't know, three, four hundred engineers in the semiconductor industry, even more. We need to grow that. In order to grow that, we need to we need more investments. We need more multinational companies to invest in Greece and grow this uh, this business. Uh, and then we can start discussing about 
a pure Greek company that could grow uh, with the, the terms and uh, in the, in a, not in the Greek environment. So we need to, to focus abroad as all these startups are doing and build a Greek company that maybe will be very big and, uh, and sell uh, worldwide. Maybe okay. I'm not that uh, specific, but, but we need, to, we need to, to, to do a lot of steps in order to, to, to create a hub in Greece. So I think we, we've made some first steps. We have a critical mass, but we need more, much more work and effort from years in order to, to create a hub. I think what, what you're discussing is the, is, the, is the natural process of an ecosystem growing, right? That's why you have an immature ecosystem, because first there's no funding, there is no entrepreneurs, there are no exits, and there are no people. And as soon as this starts changing, and, and of course all the, all the elements need to start being there, uh, th then it can kind of roll and start happening to a larger scale, and maybe it's an opportunity uh, for, for hubs as well, which I think is, um, is, is a great insight. Um, then I guess in, in terms of what, what we're discussing about Greece, and I'll address some of the questions from the audience as well. Uh, I want to ask you all, uh, and I'll start with Kono, uh, kind of looking back at your entrepreneurial journey, is there anything you would do differently? And, and do you have any advice for people starting out now, uh, either in Greece or considering Greece as a hub and R&D center? Yeah, well, uh, we've done tons of mistakes. Uh, well, on the on one side, if you haven't done those mistakes, then you wouldn't have learned. But uh, yeah, for example, funding. The first one took us six months to get. The second one took us two months, and the third one took us a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of stuff that we would do differently on fundraising. Uh, another thing that uh, I wish I would, have, I would have done earlier is um, starting building the team uh, in Athens like a, a year before uh, when uh, comparing to when I started. Yes, that's a, a cliche because we're talking about that all the time. But I think if we if we moved here uh, in 2014 or earlier than that, uh, the growth would have been bigger. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, uh, yes, experience matters because, uh, you do less and fewer mistakes. Uh, but at the same time, even if you're the most experienced, uh, guy in the world, if you don't start and you don't, uh, 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 take actions, uh, then it doesn't matter. So just go in, uh, and the, and the good times will come. Yeah, that's it. Great, uh, and I guess also a question, a similar question to, Co to Cosma as well, because uh, again, we're discussing uh, engineers becoming entrepreneurs, right? So, so as an engineer, uh, starting your own company and, and setting off on that journey, which has a lot of other things added to, to the usual uh, engineering problem solving tasks. So business development, talking about funding, uh, eventually negotiating an exit. How, how easy was it for you? And, and what do you advise for fellow uh, technical founders who are uh, embarking on this journey? Well, you know, of course it's, it's, it's not easy, uh, but I would say the single most important thing is it's uh, is hard work and it's uh, persistence, you know, because when you do something like that, uh, 
you, you dig in the dark for a long time and uh, you don't know for sure that uh, the light, uh, how far the light is at the end of the tunnel. So uh, I guess if anything, uh, yeah, you have to have the talent, you have the time, you have to have the idea, you have to have um, the resources, but uh, the important thing is, is persistence. I would say the, the, the single most important I mean, I've seen so many people having ideas and they never sit down to, to, to work. I mean, you have to be prepared to work basically 24 hour days, uh, almost uh, seven days a week for at least for a while. I don't know if I'm the only, the only one here who, who believes that, but uh, I would imagine that all of us here have put a humongous amount of effort and sacrificed a lot of things to, to get where we are. And Emilia, on your side, was there a time that, that uh, you know, you thought I'm working so hard, I'm putting everything on, the, on this journey and it is not happening? Uh, were you tempted to give up or were you tempted to, uh, to I don't know, throw the ball in? Yeah, well, uh, as, as Cosmas said, I mean, uh, uh, when you try, I mean, when you are an entrepreneur, a startupper, uh, most of the times you just uh, uh, do a lot of sacrifices. You work uh, like 24 seven, uh, you even make uh, sacrifices, you know, uh, in your salaries and so on. You, you have to have, you know, a second day job in order to uh, pay the bills and uh, then you work for the start for the startup but in any case um, uh, I think all of us and all startups uh, come to a point that uh, uh, it's self-reflective I mean uh, you just uh, think whether you should go on whether uh, there is uh, a light at the end of the tunnel and so on um, I think and I, I think, I think I've, said, I've said it already too many times, but uh, this is uh, the, the part, you know, that I think is, let's say, the, the lesson learned from our side, that uh, we succeeded mostly because we were uh, resilient and uh, we were a good team together. We were working together very well. And because we were focusing, at least, you know, when we had to focus, uh, we're focused on our vision and on, on our dream. So uh, no matter how big the sacrifice was, uh, as, uh, as long as we kept on doing those uh, three things, I think that was uh, the main, let's say, catalyst for uh, uh, working uh, things out. Great, those are all great points from all of you, thank you. Um, so we're almost uh, coming up to the end, but I would like if everyone's okay to extend it by another 10 minutes, our discussion maybe address some of the questions from the audience. Uh, so one question uh, from, from Christine is that, uh, uh, Christine says that uh, if, uh, despite what Kono said about the work ethic and of, of Greeks, there is an adverse reputation due to past history. And the question is, how do we change the narrative uh, and become, um, make Greece as one of the, the big important hubs uh, like Silicon Valley or Israel or Chennai, etc. Uh, and maybe that's the, I will ask uh, Cosma to, to uh, answer that to begin with. Yeah, I think, we, I don't think we have to change anything. I think we, we have it. The, the work ethics that we found from our people is, 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 is first class, no question about it. Uh, it it's just a well-kept secret. Um, and uh, in fact, what I'm trying to do now um, you see, uh, Nick Nidek has uh, 100,000 people and uh, they, they have now 15, um, but could they have uh, 100? Could they have 500? Could they have 1,000? Would it make a dent? Uh, 
Of course not. So the question now, how do I convince um, NIDEC to, to, uh, to put a thousand people here? I mean, uh, if, it's, if, if it's good value to put 20, it's even better value to put uh, 2000, right? So uh, how do I do that? And, and the only way I can do that by example, you know, is to do a good job and, and have that stuff known. Now, uh, the other thing I've been trying to do is to get uh, the politicians involved. Uh, I've been established some some reports with uh, the Department of uh, uh, I think it's Interior and no, the uh, Commerce External uh, Foreign Ministry. So the, there's a, a program called uh, Develop Greece, or I forgot the name. And uh, I've been trying to say, hey, you know, why don't you guys meet the NIDEC people? Why don't your politician meet the the, the NIDEC management? Let me arrange that for you. And anyway, this is what we kind of got going, and unfortunately, coronavirus uh, put a dent on our plans. But I would say that we have a terrific story, and we have to we have to show by example. And I think, uh, yeah, we, we, I need to show to my to my to my partners, to my to my owners uh, what we can do, and they're gonna. But we have to also publicize all those success stories. I think there are there are more and more of them. Um, I think the word has to go out. You know, the thing is that there's no obstacle. Many years ago, if you had to have a, a hub in Greece, it was difficult. But now with the internet, who knows or even cares where you are? Uh, if you have a good connection, then put it actually where the, it's nice to live. And, and, and I think Greece is a fantastic place for that. Let, let, the, let it be known. Great. And, and, and George, I guess, the, 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 do you have uh, some insight on that? Like your... Uh, uh, just trying to build the team now and I guess uh, also internally with applied materials discussing how big the team will be etc. Is there something um, that you see that can change the narrative both internally towards the, the company and kind of to the outside world so you know other big multinationals considering Greece? Yes, we are facing this uh, this challenge now. Uh, for example, now we are closing our first four highs, and three are coming from abroad. Uh, I don't agree, actually, with Christina's uh, comment about the reputation. I'm referring to the to the professionals. So the reputation of the Greek engineers, as long as I remember back from 2000, uh, we have a very good reputation both in Greece and uh, outside. So we continue to prove uh, that we are very good engineers. We are delivering on time with very high quality. Uh, and I'll also comment on another comment about the lower salary. Uh, I would argue that the, the salaries comparable, if you compare the salary to the, the cost of living are that lower compared to the rest of the Europe, at least. Uh, then um, I, I will also try to address uh, Andrea's question uh, to all the panelists, but I'll start with, with Kono, um, and, and we touched upon this a bit earlier, but, but let's be more explicit. When you started the company, was the goal to sell it and, uh, and move out? I don't know if uh, Kono can, is, can still hear us. You're on mute. Thanks. Uh, just join again from my phone. So uh, I, I didn't hear anything. I missed the last. Yeah. yeah. So the question was when you started the company, uh, like, did you see the, the goal as to sell it and, and selling it and staying in or selling it and living out after a while as, as you're doing now? 
what was uh, the the goal at the beginning? Okay, so yeah, well, at the beginning, it's just uh, was just our passion creating stuff from an idea to making something out of it, growing bigger and bigger. That was fun. Uh, yeah, we we did had a mission. We stick to that. Of course, it changed a little bit, uh, but the grand vision was the same. Um, yeah, after uh, well. It's it's not about of course if if you're taking money from investor even one euro dollar whatever it is you need to have some sort of exit to return the money hopefully multiple to the investors now if you're sticking to the company it really depends it really depends in each on each case so in uh, we felt that after you know seven years of uh, advertising technology within that specific space, uh, we closed the circle. We we still think that we can give uh, value to other endeavors as well. So that's uh, that's exciting and fun to to look forward to. So uh, long story short, it's you you don't create a company to sell it. Um, yes, that's. That's a good scenario, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, what stays it's it's in the journey, the grow, the personal grow, uh, the people that you meet, the connections, uh, and yes, if the exit comes, uh, which I hope it to to all the companies is uh, is great. And and moving to to Emilia's continuing on that theme, but also addressing kind of like a question from Dimitris that uh, has to do with the acquisition process. Cotto mentioned your, the investors and advisors, et cetera. Your company was bootstrapped, so you didn't have um, kind of a like path that was traveled before in terms of how you um, kind of approach uh, potential acquirers, et cetera. Do you want to tell us a few more things about the process? How did it happen for you? Uh, how did the process go, et cetera? Yes, uh, well, uh, we were indeed a bootstrap company, so that made it, uh, let's say, the exception again to the rule, because uh, uh, as I said, we were a 10-year-old uh, startup company before we were acquired. So that means that it took us quite a long time to become, let's say, attractive to an acquirer, and also quite a long time for us to be self-trained how to become a startupper because uh, we were researchers, we were engineers, we started a startup company and uh, we started it without having, let's say, uh, the focus at the beginning and so on. Uh, so again, if, if uh, something uh, I think we did wrong or at least we didn't uh, do it very, very quickly was that uh, we didn't look quickly for an investment. And that's why it took us quite a while, you know, to, to become, let's say, attractive to, to a company. And that's but, why you uh, said that uh, you had a second job to sustain yourself. Take investment. Exactly. 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 But uh, I, I think uh, this, is, this, is, this is something, it's a trade-off all the time. But uh, again, um, I think uh, if you get uh, an investment, you have to follow a path, uh, you have to follow some steps and then it makes you, let's say, a more uh, conventional, but then again, you have to go by the book 
in the startup, let's say, uh, community. Uh, now that I, that I have the floor, I would like also to, to answer, let's say, another question about uh, how Greece could become a hub of uh, a big and deep tech companies and so on. And uh, I think this has to do with uh, also uh, building a connection of the university industry. And uh, in order to do so, you have to, aside from you know, uh, putting a lot of money to research and so on, you have to also build a mentality within these institutions, research centers, universities, and so on, uh, in order for uh, the researchers to become, let's say, entrepreneurs. And this has to do, it's, it's a big, let's say, uh, path towards it. But I think this is, let's say, the best way to do it. Great. I think it's, it's a great point as well. Uh, and just since you're on the company of an investor as well, and I see Corno smiling uh, too, I think one of the good things that's happening is that there is availability of, of risk capital in the country now. So, so for the first time, there's enough uh, capital for entrepreneurs to seek it. I think you all mentioned you know, is this the right choice for your company and, and your growth? That's that's another discussion that you have to have with yourself and your business partners. Uh, but at least it's there, which wasn't the reality even three years ago. Uh, and I think that also helps, especially the, the early stage and, and see the idea side. So uh, we're coming up to the end. So I'm going to wrap this conversation up. Uh, I think there were some uh, great points. So I think the, the things that I have kept is that, first of all, that there seem to be advances in the ecosystem. There are advances in terms of the companies. Uh, their advances in terms of the exit and their advances in, in sectors that are slowly uh, but at least starting to, to emerge. Um, the second thing I get is that uh, there are specific competitive advantages to the country. So we went through a lot of, uh, on the engineering side, uh, on the talent side, on the work ethic, uh, and also kind of the productivity of people, etc. Um, and the third thing that I've kept from our discussion, which you all echoed, is that it is a journey that starts from, from uh, the need to create. Uh, it continues and it requires a lot of resilience, a lot of resistance, a lot of perspiration from the entrepreneur side. Um, and what happens as a success is, is kind of the reward for a lot of hard work and a lot of consistent work. So congratulations to all of you for the companies you've built so far. And uh, I look forward to hearing what you build next within this setup or the next. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you to everyone from the audience as well. And of course, uh, Meetup and Hellenic Innovation for organizing this event. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye.